Welcome to the Talk to Your Pharmacist podcast. We're dispensing stories of success from across the continuum of care. I'm your host, Hillary Blackburn. Thanks for joining us to learn from leaders throughout the pharmacy industry. Hey, listeners. So in honor of our fourth anniversary, that's right, we have been podcasting for four years. Thank you to everybody for listening and for the words of encouragement that I get along the way, um, whether it's through LinkedIn or Instagram or just um, you know seeing you out and about in person. I appreciate all those um, kind words and that helps to encourage me to, to keep going and keep sharing other stories. So in honor of the fourth anniversary, um, you actually will get a little bit more behind the scenes uh, for me because Alex Barker is going to be interviewing me. But before we get into the episode, I want to remind you that my book is now available on Amazon. Go check out how pharmacists lead answers from women who are leading, succeeding, and impacting pharmacy. It's a great book dedicated to women in pharmacy leadership. All right. So we have a very interesting episode today. I'm going to not be the one asking all of the questions. Instead, I've got my friend Alex Barker of the Happy Farm D here with me, and he will be asking some questions. Uh, so, Alex, I'm so excited to be able to uh, connect with you today. We always have great discussions whenever we can talk about pharmacy, about life, and I appreciate uh, the time this this afternoon about connecting, and um, you always ask such insightful questions, so thank you for that putting the pressure on, but I, I've enjoyed getting to know you. I think we've known each other for three or four years. Mm -hmm. And I think it's always very interesting when listening to a podcast, mm -hmm. after you get to know someone for so long, you kind of get hints about who they are mm -hmm. by the questions they ask or the things they talk about before and after the interview. Mm -hmm. But I, I almost wish I could insert myself into podcasts to be like, well, what do you think about this? Or what do you think about that? Mm -hmm. And so my, my hope is, is that in this conversation, we can ask some of those questions that your audience has of you and just get to know you better and what you're working on behind the scenes. Sure. All right. We'll try so, to be an open book. So how long has your podcast been going on for? Yeah. So uh, August of 2017, I hit the Whoa. send to Apple iTunes with three <laughs> podcast episodes. So, you know, a lot of times pressing that kind of send and you're like, oh my goodness, it's going out to the world, which at that time, you know, maybe one or two people, uh, but I had to, from, it's grown a lot since then and, and, um, Fortunately, I have been able to connect with a lot of amazing guests, over 170 pharmacy leaders and others across the country over the past three and a half years. And it has sure taught me a lot uh, about um, people, about pharmacy practice, about new trends. And you know, really, I had the idea uh, in the spring of 2017, I was listening to a lot of podcasts with my husband. We were on the road a lot. We loved to travel. And he was already up on the podcasting world. And so we were listening to uh, Entrepreneurs on Fire or How I Built This. And, you know, some of the other ones that I've enjoyed along the way are um, Masters of Scale and a lot of those, um, you know, entrepreneurial type podcasts. And I guess that's really where I got the, the bug to pursue some things outside of the box. And uh, yeah, began that journey of learning how to do a podcast and uh, everything uh, over a, just a few months and have been doing it ever since. So <laughs> what did you hope for when you started a podcast? Because, you know, let's be honest, not everyone wants to be the guy behind 
or the girl mm -hmm. behind a microphone and be like, uh, hey, I'm going to try to talk to people and hopefully someone listens. Yeah. Well, you know, you never know unless you try and you put yourself out there. And, you know, I, I could have done it for um, just a couple of episodes and then said, I don't have time for this or, mm. um, you know, no one's listening or but I just, I've had a very persistent uh, path. You know, I think growing up playing sports, uh, that determination and, and perseverance uh, that I learned with, with sports along the way uh, really has taught me a lot and has shaped uh, my work ethic. And so... Yeah, I just kept putting it out there. And thankfully, people decided that they wanted to listen. And it's really fascinating to see that, you know, you're that I'm having a reach, not just around the US, but people in different countries are even listening to this to talk to your pharmacist. And uh, I'm actually was just invited by the University of uh, Gulf. Uh, medicine. Uh, it's over in the Middle East area to be a speaker and for their empowering women uh, section. So some of the work that I've been doing around women in leadership. And so you never know who, who might be listening or uh, who might, you know, you be impacting uh, along the way. And so I know I've had lots of mentors and people that I've interacted with along my uh, lifetime, and they never know, you know, like that teacher in third grade or that professor <laughs> or preceptor or, you know, whomever it might be. And they're, you know, leaving little thumbprints along the way and helping to mold and shape me into uh, the person that I am now. But first, do you help patients with diabetes select their pin needles? And have you recommended the UltiGuard Safe Pack yet? When you dispense UltiMed's Pin Needle UltiGuard Safe Pack, you promote safe sharps disposal. This protects families and your community from sharps injuries and can reduce the harmful reuse of needles. Your selection can make a difference. To learn more about UltiMed's Pin Needle UltiGuard Safe Pack, visit UltiGuardSafePack.com slash podcast. UltiGuardSafePack.com slash podcast. U-L-T-I-G-U-A-R-D-S-A-F-E-P-A-C-K dot com slash podcast, ultiguardsafepack.com slash podcast. Was that your goal? Hmm, were, you, goal? were you hoping for this podcast, that it would become that? You know, um, I certainly did, didn't have, you know, I didn't want to envision the I, I, you know, I, I think eventually I had hoped that it would lead to um, putting me as more of a thought leader, um, maybe being able to do some consulting or advising companies. Um, mm -hmm. It certainly helped with uh, networking and, and building my brand. And, you know, I think that there's a lot of things that, you know, if you have a podcast, here's what you can expect, or here's the reasons to start a podcast. And I think that that checked off a lot of the boxes that I was hoping for. I've always had a little bit more of a creative side and needed an outlet other than, you know, my typical nine to five or, you know, eight mm -hmm. to whatever kind of, you know, day job and just had a passion to do that. Um, and so, yeah, I think it's it's led to some really great things. I've been able to put forth a book from compiling some of the females that I've gotten to know. Uh, I think that it certainly helped in pursuing some leadership positions within APHA. You know, people have recognized my name, and I was elected to uh, the APPM Executive Committee this past year. And... So yeah, I think it's it's definitely helped uh, me and personally in a lot of ways, and hopefully I've been able to share a lot of good stories about pharmacy and highlight some really interesting pharmacists 
uh, who might not have had their stories shared or, you know, maybe people across the country wouldn't have had the chance to have their, you know, a lot of times the schools will have a dean's hour or something and you've got a an alum or someone come in and share with students. But, you know, in these kind of mm-hmm. virtual platforms, you can, anyone can listen anytime, anywhere. So. What does it mean to you to, to know that you've been changing lives, even if it's mm-hmm. just one person, which we already know it's, it's more than that, but mm-hmm. to know that you've made that impact, what does that mean to you? It's really humbling. You know, whenever I, I love when people send me a note, you know, on LinkedIn or Instagram or, you know, wherever and say, I just listen to your podcast. Like it just, it's motivating because, uh, you know, otherwise you feel like you're just talking to empty space. (laughs) And so when you can actually put a face with someone who said, I listened to that episode with Alex, or I listened to the, you know, you learning about some of your guests, I've made connections in that way or, or something. So it's, it's really humbling and and rewarding to be able to get those kinds of uh, messages and, you know, connect with, with listeners in that way. Any one stand out to you? I don't know if I can say that there was any one particular message or connection that's really uh, stood out, but I've tried to save a few and kind of put them in a little folder. I've tried that practice a while back on having an email folder of praise because you know, when you're thinking about God, you're doing an interview or maybe you're coming up for your performance review and you know, you did a great job this past year, but sometimes it's hard yeah. to remember those examples. And if you can go back to that email folder, or maybe you kind of keep a little note in your phone or Google drive or whatever, format and you can kind of keep some of those stories, it's really helpful to go back. Um, and so I at least try to keep a few of those notes so that I, you know, if I'm, gosh, you know, I'm an, I'm a mom now. Do I have time mm. to, to do this? And I actually have scaled back from doing it every week to every other week. I wanted to give myself a little bit of grace in this new season. I think it's important to uh, not, you know, as type A's, we always like to push ourselves a lot. And I think that this season is important to, for me, to really just soak it in and enjoy being a new mom and, and, you know, really enjoying that time. Uh, you know, I can always go back to releasing episodes every week or pursuing this or that. And, you know, I've already got several things that I'm involved in, but signing up for extra stuff right now is not on my, uh, to-do list. I'm actually trying to think of ways to, how do I better streamline and, um, you know, be as productive as I can during the work day. I mean, yeah, we've got a nanny that's coming to the house. And so if they're only here from eight to four 30 and, you know, then I'm playing with the baby until she goes to bed at seven, seven thirty, or so, um, you know, I'm, I am not necessarily going back and working on things. Uh, I'm usually taking that time to, relax or spend time with my husband or exercise. It's a little bit harder to get up and exercise in the morning, especially if you're nursing. (laughs) So, Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, so I've just kind of shifted some schedules and, uh, still able to try to fit everything in, but, um, yeah, that's what's been working for us for the past at least few months. 
I know you're a real go-getter, so I find it very refreshing to hear how you prioritize family. Mm-hmm. It's something that I've had to learn. It's not easy to say no to your great ambitions or the things mm-hmm. that you want to do. Yeah. So kudos for doing that. That's that's fantastic. And it highlights, I think, really why you're doing this podcast, though. Mm-hmm. Right? Your family is number one. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's that's comes through in what you're doing and only doing it two weeks mm-hmm. out of the month. Way to go. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I would have had that restraint. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When you when you think about all of the people that you've interviewed, what have been some of the good lessons that you've learned or the things that have been most impactful for your career mm-hmm. and maybe your family life? Yeah. So as you can imagine, recently I have really been interested in hearing from these really successful female pharmacy leaders who are chief pharmacy officers at large health systems or, you know, just, or, you know, of a association or this or that. And I'm always asking them, how did you balance being a mom? And, you know, I think that I wasn't as focused on that earlier because I actually chose to kind of put my career first and wait on having a family. And, you know, my husband and I was 28 when I got married. And and at the time I was like, oh, I'm so old. And now I think about it, I'm like, oh, no, that was so young. You know, it's just all, it's funny. You think you have your life plan. And I was like, oh, yeah, I'm definitely going to be married right after college or like by 24, 25. And getting married at 28, I was like, oh, gosh, that's so old. And no, we we were married for five years before we were um, pregnant and, you know, enjoyed having that time together and, um so for us, that all worked. Um, now we're like, oh my goodness, how do we not have this angel baby before? And then it wouldn't have been her, you know. Um, but it's just interesting. So now, of course, I've really wanted to ask some of these uh, successful women. And it's it's interesting because I get all kinds of answers. Like I've had one who says, I get up really early. And I'm like, thinking to myself, I like sleep. <laughs> and so I was like thinking to myself, okay, maybe it's like four, maybe five. Okay. Yeah. So I was like, so how early is it? And she said like 3am I'm going, Oh my word. I don't know if I could do that. And then I've got other people Gross. that I've interviewed and you know, they have a, Oh, my children never knew I worked. I was at every event. I just, you know, took a little step back. Um, you know, I was the director of pharmacy, then I switched back to this position and, and now she is, she's the director of pharmacy again, you know, it's just, um, been different times, you know, and, and right now, I guess until Mary Brad is five years old, they have a whole lot more needs. Um, I'm sure they'll have different needs when (laughs) they get older. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it's, and so I've, I've had a lot of different, um, just tips and, and advice and even, you know, from some guys like Tony here has taught me a few, you know, like how he's prioritized his work schedule and things and like his around, you know, family is really important to him. And, um, a lot of, a lot of, uh, you know, another female that I interviewed, she was doing a hospital pharmacy. She stepped back and she had twins. And she is now her own, uh, she built a consulting business around how to, how pharmacy can do more with more. And she's coming in and with her MBA training or rather MHA training, uh, helping to support, uh, hospital pharmacies, you know, make the business case to add a position or to do this with their department or, so it's it's interesting to kind of hear those things. Uh, I think a lot of women have accepted, maybe not accepted, that's the wrong word, have um, pursued 
alternate career paths. And I love the the risk taking that's happening. You know, you know, Blair Tielemeyer has a great story of she was pregnant and lost her job and she just kept knocking on doors with this MTM uh, concept and kind of built uh, that out from there or, um, but yeah, I think, I think one of the things too is that having a strong family unit and having a supportive spouse, um, you know, maybe having a spouse that, yeah, like Eric um, Christensen's been able to kind of be creative in what he's done. Um, so he's, he's got a lot more flexibility with spending time with his family. Um, so I, I think that a lot of times, and a lot of entrepreneurs get stuck in, it's their business, it's their other baby, right? And so you kind of can dip into that workaholic side. Uh, but, um, I think, you know, you just have to know going in, like, are you doing it to have more flexibility and freedom in your schedule or, you know, what, why are you going this entrepreneur route or so, yeah, it's, it's in, or, you know, academia or something like maybe there's a little more flexibility with, with those schedules. I think a lot of, um, people can kind of build that to have a little bit more flexible schedule with family. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting. Um, some people can do the working every other weekend or working nights or this or that. And I think I knew early on when we were doing those assessments in pharmacy school and prioritizing what is important to you schedule and having autonomy over my schedule has always been really important. I'm a very, um, social person and like to, you know, work out or get outside or do things with friends. It's like, how about you spend those other hours in your time management, uh, is that gives me joy. Like I do have joy and passion in the work that I do, which is rewarding. Um, but you know, I have these other facets that I'm also involved in. And so my life doesn't just revolve around work and it doesn't just revolve around family. You know, I think moms probably also get a lot of guilt and I, you know, I was able to break away, um, the first time that Mary Brett got to do her, a swing, right? It was like during the middle of the day, the nanny is here and she's like, don't worry, I'm not going to do anything first without you. And so I was like, okay, I've got 30 minutes of lunch right now. Let's hop over to the playground and getting to push her and seeing the joy. I was like, okay, that's it. I'm not going back to work. And, <laughs> and then I got back and, uh, you know, start working and I'm like, you know, I enjoy, I'm really getting, I'm trying to get the best of both. And my husband was on board with doing a, a nanny versus daycare and it's really worked for us. So mm -hmm. more expensive, but in the long run, it is, um, worth it for our family. So you shared quite a bit about what's going on, you know, behind the scenes. You mentioned how with talk to your pharmacist, you're going to two episodes a month versus the four. Mm -hmm. Obviously having a child, life changing. Mm -hmm. Typically you can't go back on that decision. <laughs> how <laughs> how has that influenced your career? Because you're mm -hmm. you know an executive at a company. You're making big decisions. You're influencing the entire company. Yeah. How has that changed things for you? You know, I have a lot more empathy for parents. I have, um, and, you know, I think I, even today I was talking with my boss, who's our CEO, and I have a tendency to like, just try to get things done. And he is like, Hillary, you acted a little too fast. And like, why did you send off the, you know? And like, gosh, I fell into this trap again. And so 
You know, I think that being a parent has, uh, gosh, and like what parents have had to go through this year with COVID and with the schools and, oh, I had no idea. Don't get me started. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that's a whole nother topic with, with how parents have had to manage that careers and school. And, you know, I mean, I was only pregnant most of the way through the pandemic and now we have a baby and we're not dealing with school still. Um, but hopefully I've had, I have a whole lot more empathy and, um, relatability. I remember having a coworker say, Oh, when I had a baby, it was like the best thing. Now I can relate on a different level, um, to other people. And, you know, my husband is, he's like having a child opens up this whole other realm that you didn't know existed until you had a child. And I was like, gosh, yeah. I mean, you just, you're just, and I think thinking about the future of work and we are going to have that discussion at our company very soon. It was supposed to be sooner or, um, a few weeks ago, it got delayed, but I, I think that in, you know, you probably saw the understaffed or what was it? Overworked and understaffed article yeah. that just came out on pharmacists and, you know, that's been happening or, you know, that story has been shared for a long time and, you know, there has been a lunch break implemented, right? It, in retail mm, pharmacy. Yeah, it's awful. Um, you know, I've worked retail pharmacy. I, I know how stressful it can be. I've worked in a hospital. Uh, I know how stressful that can be. And, you know, I think that, of course, there are going to have to be things that a company has to do to be able to ensure productivity and ensure culture and to, um, but, and a lot of people are talking, I mean, there's an article in the wall street journal today, like what CEOs are saying about the return to work. And a lot of people are interested in this hybrid and, you know, maybe that is great. And, you know, personally going back to our personal experience. So we've always just chosen to live in Nashville because we don't want to have the commute, right? Nashville is getting more and more like Atlanta or like other big cities where, um, so you've got Nashville and then you've got a suburb Brentwood and then you've got another suburb Franklin and other, you know, that's just South. You've got other ones like North or what, whatnot, but, uh, yeah, we've really only considered, being in Nashville because that's where our work is and we don't want to have a long commute. And that has completely shifted. And like the school system in Nashville, um, you know, we were really only thinking private school because the Davidson County schools to us have not been something that we have been interested in. Williamson County, which is where Brentwood is, do have, you know, but there's also homeschool now. I had never considered that or some alternate school options. But uh, yeah, I think that that having the working remote option has just really opened up uh, different things for families. And I think that, that is a good thing. So yeah, a lot of personal decisions. I mean, we are, you know, I told you we were thinking about moving before we started recording and yeah. lots of big decisions family-wise. You know, I've never had to move when we got married. My husband already in the house. And so, yeah, we're going through a really big uh, personal, but it's, we're in a really good place. Just, yeah, it's just all, all good, big decisions, but, um, yeah. Well, speaking of big decisions, I know that you're very excited for the future. You're like me and probably, I don't know if a futurist is one of your greatest strengths, but you surprised me when I first met you a long time ago. I think you first interviewed me on your podcast, like at APHA maybe in Seattle. 
and mm-hmm. I was surprised okay. about just some of the things that you're involved in and what you're thinking about. So for talk to your pharmacist, what mm-hmm. are some of the big things that you're hoping for? What will happen for this podcast? Hmm. Yeah. So I think what, you know, I, I still love doing the podcast and I hope I'll be able to continue doing that. It's brought a lot of joy to me and hopefully value to others, but it's also tapped into this passion for leadership and particularly women in leadership. So I, you know, did write a book on that. Uh, I'm hoping to build an online community for women who are interested in leadership and launch that uh, this month or within the last month. Or oh, so. dang. It's, Check out the link in the description, uh, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll add that into this, but it's called the Women in Pharmacy Leadership League. And what I was finding was, okay, we've got these isolated events, like you've got a, a seminar or you've got a talk or you've got this, but there hasn't been any real way to connect with other leaders. And, you know, you've got Facebook and the pharmacist moms group has a huge following. They've got over 30,000 members, but Facebook, but it's not specific on leadership and it's not specific. It's not, Facebook isn't quite a professional channel. And I don't want it to just be purely so professional like a LinkedIn where there's no groups and topics and things. So what I found was a platform where I think those two things kind of merge. And, uh, you know, I'm just trying to get people to head over there and to join in on the conversation and connect with other people and see if this might be a platform where we can really have some good discussions uh, and meet fellow like-minded people who are also interested in leadership. There have been people who've posted on, hey, I'm thinking about this with my job, or, um, you know, I've posted some things about, hey, I'm about to present to this student group. What were some things that really made an impact on you? And people have added that in, you know, eventually I'd love to have one for like a subgroup for students. I'd love to have one for mentees, one for mentors, maybe eventually be able to pair up some mentors and mentees. That's what I really like to do. Uh, But yeah, I think just learning, you know, what do people need on that topic because leadership means a lot to a lot of different people. And that's one of the questions on, you know, as you're joining is what does leadership mean to you? And so hopefully, you know, that can continue to grow and foster. And then, you know, eventually I'd love to do maybe a follow-up book on one of the questions I love to ask guests is what is, some advice you'd tell your younger self or for other pharmacists out there. And so I want to do a compilation of best advice, some of these gleanings and learnings. And uh, so we've really gotten some good pearls along the way. So that'll be maybe a 2022 (laughs) endeavor. (laughs) We'll see. But definitely just um, pulling some content from people who've already shared and, um, hopefully, uh, yeah, those are some things that I'm thinking. What do you about. hope for the community? Like what, what would be the dream situation for you to have happened? Yeah, I love for, uh, you know, people to, to join that and to get value, um, out of it, you know, eventually, Could it be some kind of business model for me? Great. But if not, then, you know, I'm really just wanting to kind of test it out right now and see if it's a good, good platform, see if people find value in it. Um, You can invite people, you know, it's, it's free. Um, So, you know, and there are several uh, key pharmacy women that have already joined. So you've kind of got access, uh, instead of trying to randomly invite people on LinkedIn or connect with people there, you can kind of go to this place and I'm 
curating some of the topics and trying to ask questions there so it's not just a blind, hey, Mary Alice (laughs) Bennett, I heard you were the recipient of the Remington Award. Uh, and I'd love to connect with you on LinkedIn and that's it. Um, you know, I, I hope that, that people, um, can find this to be a place where hopefully some women leaders want to join and, and aspiring leaders can kind of come to, because I think that's, you know, it's part of us giving back to the next generation is like part of your duty to, to, and, you know, hey, what do what do younger mm-hmm. people want to learn about? Um, so I think it it's a good good place to do that. I think it lends itself well to the benefits that your podcast has for you, right? One of the best things I know about a podcast is you meet all amazing people, and because you've mm-hmm. built this platform it draws in others that have that similar interest, right? And when you get a bunch of crazy people together, stuff starts happening. So I can imagine a group like that would be full of some amazing people and some amazing opportunities for people. Um, Cause you never know. Yeah. I mean, just meeting you has led to some really cool opportunities for me where I've met people that you know, and we both say, oh yeah, I know Hillary, she's awesome. And we have that automatic connection and trust. So I see it being as a great, hopefully, playground for people to grow, for people to learn, and hopefully gain new opportunities. For your podcast, you know, you said you're extroverted. So you probably don't ha- didn't have as much fear about doing this podcast when you started compared to, you know, some introverted people. Um, I've been to a few podcast conference. Mm-hmm. We podcasters are usually the most gregarious group of people I know. Um, I mean, <laughs> by yeah. comparison, a pharmacy conference is like the most dry, dull thing ever compared to a podcast conference. Yep. But now mm-hmm. you're you're in it and you're almost four years into your podcast. Do you have yeah. worries? Do you have concerns about what's next for talk to your pharmacist? You know, I'm not putting a lot of pressure on it, honestly. That's so healthy. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You you know, um, I'm, I'm just not going to put that kind of pressure on if it stops serving me or if it's stops serving other people then, you know, it might eventually just kind of run its course. And I was laughing when you said gregarious because when I went on a site visit to, you know, when we really got to go and visit people in person, one of, in my day job with Dispensary of Hope, one of my favorite things to do is to go and do site visits where, where pharmacies, whether they're in hospital systems or clinics, are using Dispensary of Hope to help their um, underserved population and they get donated medicine from us. And so I go and kind of learn about their pharmacy and how they're implementing and consult with them on how to best optimize the program, et cetera. And I kind of come in and, um, you know, I sometimes will be wearing a pink suit or at least if it's a dark Navy or black, I've got, you know, some kind of jewelry or, maybe a pink bat or, you know, just something. I do like fashion. Uh, and <laughs> I don't, who knows what I was wearing, but anyway, maybe it was just my personality and, and also there you're very gregarious. Yeah. <laughs> like, um, thank you. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I uh, guess that was a compliment. <laughs> yeah. We pharmacists are not typically defined by gregarious. Uh, it's usually yes. compliant team player. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, Yes, yeah, so. which is probably why there's not a lot of pharmacy podcasts out there. Yeah, uh huh. <laughs> you know, there have been more growing. Surprisingly, when yes. I started, when I started, the only one out there was there was one, and then Richard Waith and I started ours at the exact same month. So he does RX Radio, and then it was, uh, and then the Tims. Mm-hmm. Tim Ulbrich and Church and Baker will really 
Tim Ulbrich and church um, with your financial pharmacist started that, that same summer. I don't know if it was exactly August or maybe a little before, but, um, and then you had yours. Um, but yeah, there's definitely been a few other ones or definitely, um, other, other, I guess, influencers who have kind of popped up along the way, uh, which, you know, I think it's, people are going to Instagram and to get information and, you know, we're now into the phase where people Google their health conditions and the whole digital practitioner and all that kind of fun. Yeah. The marketplace is much different. Five years ago, I remember doing the research. There's maybe less than 10 pharmacist blogs online. Mm -hmm. And now there's probably well over a hundred consistent bloggers, people who identify Mm -hmm. themselves as pharmacists. And I think it's because of our, our nature, you know, our profession, we're a little bit more reserved than others in comparison to say physicians or nurses. Mm -hmm. So for your platform, you want to do more consulting, more speaking, create this community. And it's so refreshing to talk to you because personally, I feel like I have so much that I want to do. And I've had to learn to be more executive like you and to say no to things, to not hold myself to such high pressure to get things done. Would you say that this podcast has kind of helped that transformation as you've been talking to more and more leaders? I think that I think it's been a struggle because I think, I think, you know, I've probably had, you know, like I try to do a a venture on medical cannabis and like really put a lot of effort into that doing a training program. And so that was a failed venture, Um, you know, we had tried to work with the university, working with academia was really challenging. It took months to get a contract. And then after we got the contract, we went back and forth and then they just kind of got cold feet and backed out. And so that was a long time. And, and in that time I was going to the Nashville Entrepreneur Center and did a pre-flight course of like running your idea. I mean, it was basically a mini MBA. And then actually once this venture failed, I did pursue an MBA and did that. Uh, in 2019 and 2020, I did the book. So no, I have been pretty aggressive in the things that I've been doing. <laughs> and then it was like, all right, kind of, you know, 2020, end of 2020, had a baby, took three months off. And then 2021, I'm like, all right, this is kind of a level set. And, you know, all of this time I've been doing my day job, which I do love. Um, but I just had that passion of like, I need to do my own thing and I need to build this. And Mm. so, no, I've totally done that. And, you know, and I've, I've had, you know, but the success has been, I've had a podcast that has been successful. I've had sponsors and had listeners and, um, you know, I've, I've, for a lot of reasons, it's been successful personally and hopefully, you know, for others, but Uh, yeah, I am one of those people that's always what's next. And that's probably why I tried am working on this women in leadership, Mm -hmm. you know, community and platform, but just having a balance and not putting a lot of pressure on myself. Uh, you know, when I've got this cute little baby, um, you know, it's just, it's easier to prioritize um, that or spending time with my husband. And we're just, you know, in a really good thinking about our future is really exciting. You know, thinking about a move and, you know, like are we growing, continuing to like, how about growing our family? And so, um, you know, I love my job at dispensary of hope and I'm really fulfilled in that, which is amazing. And, um, yeah. And the other things we'll just see where they, they go. And I want it to be a little bit more organic. Uh, I hope Mm. so. Mm -hmm. And I think you honor your family with love by 
making those decisions. I think you're doing a great job. Well, I think it would be a good time to ask the question that you've asked of others, perhaps maybe a, a slightly different version. What do you wish you could tell Hillary back in 2017 when she was getting started with this idea and mm -hmm. full of, you know, bright, cheery disposition and full of ideas? You haven't changed <laughs> since then, <laughs> but what do you wish, knowing the, the wisdom that you've gained now, to, what would you wish you could tell her? Oh, I'd even go back further to the Hillary and like pharmacy school okay. and right after and just tell her that, you know, these plans that you've made up and conjured are, it's okay if, if your plan doesn't work out because you know, it's like I always have worked so hard and, and have thought this one way. And then, you know, I if I didn't get the residency that I thought I wanted or I didn't get the job that I thought I wanted or maybe didn't get, you know, married when I thought I or like and then I'm like, oh, and now I have like my husband who's like this perfect fit for me. And now I'm in a job where it is a great fit for me. And, you know, it's and, you know, as a Christian, I should know that, that God has like the ultimate plan for our lives and design and just to kind of trust in him and know that, but as kind of a little bit of a control freak, I, and a planner, I'm definitely a planner. I thought that I had all these other plans, but you know, you think back like, um, Garth Brooks has a song that's like some of God's greatest gifts are unanswered prayers. And so I'm like, gosh, it's like, sometimes I just have to learn the hard way. A lot of times, like having a baby. Oh, I really, really wanted to have a baby earlier, but there have been so many blessings out of having a baby in 2020. So, you know, it's, it's just, um, I would, I would say that don't get so worked up about what you think your plan is. And, you know, sometimes, you know, you, I, I think that pharmacy students get trapped in like, oh, I want to be a clinical pharmacist. Well, what does that mean? Like, do you have to be a clinical pharmacist only in the hospital or only in the ambulatory setting? And I didn't even know. I mean, I have a lot of my skills are really outside of pharmacy, you know, the interpersonal skills or um, more of that business leaning I really didn't know that. I mean, or, or leadership skills, you know, I just was kind of naturally, um, I mean, not to say that I'm the ultimate or number one lead. I mean, there's so much that I continue to learn and discern. Um, but I, um, yeah, I, I think that definitely, just not worrying about those plans and being, being open to taking opportunity, taking the job with dispensary of hope was a risk. It was a, it, no one had ever worked. No pharmacist ever worked there before. I'm like, is this even a legit, you know, is this, is this a company? Like, what is this job going to be? What? And I've been able to create my own position there and it's been an awesome fit for the past five plus years. So, you know, taking risks and, um, taking those opportunities and, you know, Mary Alice, when I got to interview her recently, grab all you can while you can. Yeah. While I was single or while I, we were married with no kids or while, you know, pursue and build up in your career and like sign up for the, the stuff, like serve on the TPA committee or the APHA or the, this or the, that and build your network and that way, you know, you're, it's, we're going to be pharmacists for the rest of our life. And whether, you know, you've taken a, a little bit of a different path in helping, helping pharmacists find their um, career path or find their joy and find, you know, helping them, guiding them 
making a, making a leap because it is hard and it's great to, um, if you don't have a support system, like, you know, thankfully I've had really supportive parents and now, you know, supportive spouse and, um, and, you know, having people to bounce ideas off of like mentors. So it can be, it can be hard and it can feel like you're all alone. And if you haven't seen others who have taken those leaps ahead of you, which is another thing about, you know, the book or the podcast is highlighting those role models who have done things differently or have done things ahead of you and that are paving the way um, to kind of encourage others to take that leap or take that step. So I think that's great advice. And I hope people take it to heart. Hillary, you know how much I enjoy talking with you. And I'm very just honored that I got to be here kind of interviewing you on your own podcast. It's great to see where you were three episodes and hopefully a couple listeners to now hundreds of episodes and thousands of downloads. Congratulations on all of your progress that you've made. It's awesome to see what you've done. Well, thank you. And it is always harder to be on the other end of the questions, <laughs> but I think that you have such a great uh, disposition of putting people at ease and conveying that empathy and understanding and listening and you're not always trying to get a word in or trying to, well, I did this. I think that you do a great job of um, leading whomever you are interacting with to kind of make it more about them and, uh, you know, kind of, yes. So it's a really unique skill. And so I appreciate uh, that you that we got to kind of flip roles, I guess, and, and appreciate the, the kind words and encouragement and what you're doing to help pharmacists find those uh, positions and passions and uh, coaching them to be better and, and be the best version of themselves. So it is a lot to, of fun and it was fun being yes. here. Thanks again, Hillary. Well, thank you more about pharmacists in leadership, be sure to check out my new book now available as an ebook and paperback on Amazon. Go over to Amazon and search for how pharmacists lead answers from women who are leading, succeeding and impacting pharmacy. And I hope you check it out. And if you liked this episode, please subscribe rate and review this podcast. It helps us to get in front of more pharmacists and others interested in the pharmacy industry. We really appreciate your support in sharing this content. Thanks for listening to this episode of Talk to Your Pharmacist, produced by the Pharmacy Advisory Group. If you liked this episode, let us know by subscribing to the podcast, rating, and reviewing it. Share it with friends. And if you want to be a guest or know a pharmacist leader who has a great story to tell, connect with me, Hillary Blackburn, on LinkedIn and check out our Facebook page, Pharmacy Advisory Group, for updates on new podcasts. Thanks for listening.